Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Hey everyone, Mikkel here. So before we get into today's episode, I just want to mention to you that you need to check out all the work we're doing on social media. So don't worry about Instagram, don't worry about LinkedIn, don't worry about Pinterest and those types of things. Where you're going to find me is on Twitter. Every single day I'm on Twitter. We're sharing a lot of the thoughts, a lot of the tips, a lot of the breaking news is coming out on Twitter. And then add to that our expat money forum. We are doing so much amazing things in the forums. There's special content that's not found anywhere else. There's a lot of networking. There's just so much happening on this forum that I really hope you get a chance to participate. And you can access that at expatmoneyforum.com. So find me on Twitter at Thora Mikkel or join the forum at Expat Money Forum. Okay, enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Expat Money Show. My name is Mikkel Thorpe. Today's guest is the host of Funnel Hacker Radio, a top 10 business podcast, and he is the Chief Revenue and Business Development Officer at ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels is the fastest non-VC-backed SaaS company in the world and the most powerful funnel software on the planet. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Dave Woodward. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much. Dave, I was hoping you could take a couple of minutes and just kind of tell us your backstory and how you got working with ClickFunnels. <laughs> oh, man. I've known Russell for like, oh, gosh, last 10, 12 years. We've done a ton of different projects together over the years. Not all of them that successful, actually. But when ClickFunnels came around, he basically reached out to me and, and asked me to come on as one of the partners, join the team, and uh, help build this thing throughout the world. So it's uh, kind of how we we got started again. My first product with Russell actually was product years ago. It was legendary marketers where I flew all over the United States. I mean, 10 of the best at that time, internet marketers and their life, their story, kind of a MTV crib style type of thing way before video even became popular. So I was a little bit ahead of my time, but it was a ton of fun. And that's kind of how I first met Russell. Excellent. And how did you get into digital marketing in the beginning? My first entree into digital marketing, at the time I had a marketing consulting business. We were doing a lot of offline marketing. I did a lot of direct mail primarily in the mortgage industry, in the insurance industry, financial services, things of that sort. And at the time, I started looking at some of the things online and really trying to see what we could do for our clients. One of my very first seminars I went to actually was a seminar that Russell put on with Stu McLaren. They don't do it anymore. It was Affiliate Incubator. And at the time, one of the very first things they said was, hey, if you know, if any of you guys would like to take us out to lunch or dinner, pick our brain, you know, just go ahead and sign up at the back. So 
I learned a long time ago, it's much easier to buy your way in than it is to work your way in. So I went back and signed up for every lunch and dinner that Russell had and uh, just picked his brain for the next couple of days. It was actually a lot of fun. Excellent. And so what are you working on now? Where is your focus? So our focus right now, we have 57,000 customers. Uh, we've had the opportunity of growing. We've tripled users and revenue our first two years and then doubled last year. And our focus right now is building this year up to over 100,000 customers with our primary focus really making sure that our customers are getting results and, and are having success. We have a, a program called our Two Comma Club. And it's for those people who have made over a million dollars inside of a sales funnel. And so we rolled that out last year at Funnel Hacking Live and had 84 people at the time. Since then, we now just crossed through over 250 people who have made over a million dollars inside of a sales funnel. And we're going to be introducing at this year's Funnel Hacking Live our next award or next level. And that's those people who have made over $10 million inside of a funnel and are now part of our eight-figure club. So our primary focus really is trying to help as many business owners as we can get from zero to a million dollars and then from a million to 10. Wow. And do you have a lot of people on the eight-figure business level? You know, we're still reaching out. I've got 13 so far. Literally, it's an award we've just put together about two weeks ago. I didn't want to have an award. People hadn't reached it. And I realized I had over at least six that I knew of. And we started reaching out to others. And it's been fascinating to see I'm getting more and more coming in all the time. So I know of 12 that we've verified. Uh, 13th one just came in the other day that we're going through just double checking all their numbers. But yeah, it's been pretty amazing to see in such a short period of time. That's super exciting. So let's take a step back and tell me exactly what is a funnel? What is a sales funnel? That's such a great question. It's one of those things we joke around about it, that you know, websites are dead. And the whole death of a website was a campaign we ran years ago, primarily because most business owners, when they look at, at a website, it's really all it is is a large business card or a large brochure where it really doesn't have any call to action. So the whole idea behind a sales funnel is to be able to help the business owner and the prospect come together and basically have a win-win transaction. And the idea behind that is anytime you take, I guess the best way of comparing this is if you take a look at McDonald's, you know, McDonald's, if you go up to the drive-thru and all of a sudden when you pull up, you say, you know what, I want a Big Mac. And they say, great. The very next question you're going to hear from them is, well, do you want, do you want fries and a Coke with that? Well, fries and a Coke with that is really what we refer to as the upsell. What you're going to find is for McDonald's, they actually lose money or make just a few pennies on the Big Mac. Where they make all their money, though, is on the fries and the Coke, on the upsell. It works the same way inside a business. And so what we look at is there's two metrics, Mikhail, that we really focus on. Uh, the first one is going to be what's the cost to acquire a customer? And the second one, then, is what's the average cart value? So whenever we're, we're looking at any transaction, the hardest thing we find for most people who are trying to sell things online, the hardest thing is to get the first dollar from a customer. And that's really the purpose of a sales funnel is to help develop that relationship as quickly as you can to basically prove value to your customer inside that sales funnel. So when they come in, there's all sorts of different sales funnels. Some sales funnels, take for example, we have for us as a SaaS company. So we're a software company. And I talked to a lot of, of growth equity, private equity people who are trying to throw money at us. You mentioned in the intro that you know, we're the largest, fastest growing non-VC backed SaaS company out there. And the reason for that is because we use sales funnels to actually help us bring customers in. So the example here would be, Russell has two different books. One of them is called Expert Secrets, where Expert Secrets basically teaches people how to tell stories and how to basically take their skill set, whatever it might be, and to fashion it in a way that they could then make money from that. 
And Expert Secrets goes through and basically tells them, you know, what to sell and how to sell it. And we give that book away free. All they have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So they pay $7.95. And then that's the entrance into our funnel. The very next step as far as kind of what's the fries and a Coke for us, because obviously at $7.95, we're not making much money on the book. And we're definitely not making much money since we're paying for shipping and handling out of that too. So what we then offer them is what we call an order form bump. So it's on the, it's on the actual checkout page. And it's just a little box that says, hey, you know, some of our most successful users, they like this. And so uh, we've done a whole bunch of different types of order form bumps right now. It's actually the black box, which gives them dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and a bunch of other resources they can use to help build their business. And so instead of paying $7.95, they now pay $37 plus the shipping and handling. And so that helps us increase our average cart value. From there, the very next step is what we refer to as an OTO. And that, again, is kind of that whole fries and a Coke thing, where now they're offered the very next thing that they would need as far as building a business. And so for us, as we test a couple of things, one thing right now we're seeing is what a lot of people like is an audio version of the books. And so the first upsell would basically be the audio versions of the books they just bought. And then from there, if they now understand how they're going to start their business, next thing they need is traffic. And so the very next step for us then is a traffic course that they can then buy for you know $297. So what happens for us, Mikhail, is we look at it as far as when you look at everything that happens as far as all the transactions, you kind of sum them all up and you divide it by how many people bought, that gives you the average cart value. So for us, our average cart value on that is almost $40, $42. Or in other words, we can spend up to about $42 to get a customer, and then that customer really is free when we start introducing them to ClickFunnels. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense to me. And actually, I have gone through that funnel. I did purchase the black box. I skipped the audio files, but I purchased the black box, and I purchased (laughs) the traffic source, Instant Traffic Hacks, I think it's called. Yes. We appreciate that. So I can attest that it definitely works. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you, with a lot of people, when they're trying to get people onto their list, they'll just offer, say, a free ebook or cheat sheet like I have on mine. I offer a free cheat sheet that has value. Why are you offering something like a physical book and then having them pay the shipping and handling? Oh, man, that's a great question. I can tell you the reason for that is there's a, a huge difference between a prospect and a buyer. And what we find is that buyers are buyers. Now, granted, we still have things out there where people can opt in for free and there's nothing there. What we're really trying to do though is we're trying to develop a relationship with someone as soon as possible. And the best relationship is when someone takes their credit card out of their wallet and pays for something. Even if it's only $7.95, there is now a relationship that is a thousand times stronger than someone just putting their email in for a newsletter or something like that. There has to be a value exchange And the quicker we can get that value exchange, the faster we actually get a client that we now can work with and nurture and continue to provide value to as we provide other options for them to help build their business. Excellent. And so does this type of funnel have a name? I mean, I think a lot of people in the internet marketing world would refer to that as kind of a tripwire funnel. And it's, again, the whole idea as far as a tripwire, they trip over something and they they kind of fall into it. Whether it's a tripwire funnel or a a free plus shipping offer or anything like that, the whole idea is just to help acquire is really just to get them to to pay for something up front. So what are the key things that people need to keep in mind if they wanted to do a free plus shipping offer? Oh, that's a fantastic question. So the first thing we always look at 
is you've got to make sure that your very first offer is we try to make as many things as possible free. Even though it's free plus shipping, they people just like feeling like they're getting something for free. But the main thing, whether you go for free or whether you go for a, a lower priced offer, depending what you're selling and who your audience is, for us in the information space, it's really, we find most of the time our front end offer like that is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to, to $20. I've got other people who are in the financial services industry where you know, their front-end offer may be $50 to $100. I've seen people who basically, some dentists or, or chiropractors who will give, their front-end offer might be a teeth cleaning or a free teeth cleaning, and then the upsell is a teeth whitening or something like that. The whole idea behind it is you want to give something where there has to be value. You can't have something that they think they can get for less. And so that's why free always works real well. But at the same time, you want to make sure you're providing something that's of real value. Again, a physical book. That's why we, we love a lot of the physical shipping type of things, only because there's just a perceived value to something that's tangible versus a cheat sheet or something like that. People have a hard time just paying for that. So that's the first step. I have ordered both the books. I have read them numerous times. And one of the first things I noticed actually when receiving the book is actually not just the quality of the content, but literally the quality of the book. I think it's so important that you are showing the value when they touch it, when they hold it in their hands. This is not something that was slapped together. This is something that a lot of hard work and time went into creating. I appreciate your mentioning that. And I think, again, you have to realize you're building a relationship with your customers. And so that's your first impression. And we've always taken that same approach where we want to make sure that first impression is a very valuable, well-perceived perception where they're going, you know what? I got value out of this. Even if I don't open the pages or anything else, I know I, I got value. And that's really the main thing. You're trying to build a relationship. So that would be number one. What would be number two that people should keep in mind? Uh, the second thing is we always recommend that you put an order form bump on your page. It's, I mean, for us, it almost doubles our average cart value up to that step. Again, for us, it can be a digital course. It could be, there's a whole bunch of different types of things you can have. The order form bump at one time was the audio book. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. But realize the order form bump, it needs to be something that's super simple and very easy to explain in about two or three sentences. So it's got to be something really clear where a person goes, yeah, that just makes logical sense. You know, I want to do it. Think of the order form bump as kind of the, as you're checking out at the grocery store and you go buy all the candy and all the magazines and everything else. It's those things where, you you know, ah, sure. It's a, just a real quick, yeah, I'll toss that in. It has to be more of an impulse buy. That's the whole idea behind the, the Oriform bump. It's a real quick impulse. So let's unpack that a little bit. What is something that someone needs to keep in mind when creating their own order form bump? I think the main thing is, again, for us, we typically in a digital space, you're going to find most of our order form bumps are about four to five times whatever our our shipping was. So for us, it's not uncommon where you'll see, you know, it's seven, seven, eight dollars for the shipping. And we're going to be somewhere in the thirty five to forty dollar range on the order form bump. And you don't need that many people to take it uh, for you to really add a lot of value to your average card value just on the impulse there. And does it usually complement the original offer? Is it the original offer in a different format? Or what does it usually look like? What converts the best, do you think? We've seen both. As I mentioned, we tried doing the audiobook as the order form bump, and it was okay. What we found worked even better, though, was 
a digital course for us. It could be anything. We've done a couple of different things. Nine Secret Funnels was one of the things we had for a long time where we basically went through it. And now they've got the book and they know the book is going to be about online marketing. So the Nine Secret Funnels was basically nine of the most successful funnels that we've seen people use. And people are like, oh, I'm going to be getting into funnels. I might as well get the most successful Nine Secret one. So let me take that too. Because I think it's really interesting to see it as a journey from the customer's point of view. So it's like if they've purchased the book to position themselves in this example, expert secrets, to position themselves as an expert, then what is the next logical thing that they would need? And if that's, you know, the eight secret funnels, perfect. And then from there, maybe what would be after that? Like looking at all the pieces of the puzzle, I would say. Mikhail, I think that's the most important thing. I see a lot of people make a big mistake on that, especially as you start going into the OTO, which would be the next thing. The OTO is the one-time upsell. It's the prize and a Coke type of thing. Uh, the biggest mistake most people make is thinking that people want more of what they just bought. For example, you can't, for us, it wouldn't make any sense to sell more funnels. They feel like what happens is the buyer feels they've already scratched that itch, even though they haven't received the book, even though they haven't got the nine secret funnels, even though they didn't, they didn't get the audio over it, whatever it might have been, what they feel is that itch has already been scratched. And so the last thing they want is more of that. So you really have, that's why I like your example as far as the journey. It's what would be the next logical thing? So for us, assuming a person now has funnels, the very next thing they need then is they need traffic to that. So instant traffic hacks was our first offer or one-time offer to them at that point. And that was just a logical thing. The only caveat I would say to that is if you're selling supplements, it's just the opposite. For some reason, when it comes to supplements, the best OTO or one-time offer is more of the same thing. So they got one bottle of XYZ vitamins. The best OTO is three bottles of the exact same thing. And the best OTO after that is six. It's just that we had a neuropathy supplement we sold a while back and it was crazy. It didn't make any sense to us logically because we'd done everything just the opposite way. And then as we started looking at everyone else who was in that space, what you're going to find in the supplement space, the best OTO offers are more of the exact same product. That's so interesting. I never would have guessed that, actually. We didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> so those are steps one and two, and we dug a little bit deep on step two. Is there a step three that people should keep in mind, Dave? Sure. The hard part is you don't want to burn someone out on you and, and actually have them leave with a negative taste in their mouth by having too many upsells. For us, we limit it to two upsells or maybe one upsell and a down sale and then maybe an upsell. So for us, if we want to do a down sale, one of the best down sales actually is a payment plan. So if it was $197 and that was basically the down sale would be, if you'd like that, you can get it for two payments of $97 or, or something like that. So a down sale is traditionally like a financing plan? That's what we see works probably the best. The other thing I've seen is we've also used where if it was a physical product, the downsell could be the audio of it. I don't know if you remember back to the old GoDaddy days. When they first came out, if you tried to buy a domain through GoDaddy, you literally went through about 20 different upsells. It was like <laughs> it took you forever to get out of the upsell chain. So we really recommend really no more than about two upsells. And again, if you're going to go to a second upsell, it would also need to be the very next logical thing. So for us, one of the things we've done after the traffic was, well, now you've got traffic, then what you may want is how to actually create a product. And so we then had a product course or a perfect webinar course or something else. And again, you can you can typically increase the price on that as well. So it's not uncommon where you'd see a $7.95 free plus shipping offer on the front end, a $37 order form bump, $197 OTO, and a $297 second OTO. I love it. So what I also see is that instead of trying to package everything together for someone to start a business, you've taken that whole package and you've broke it into steps. And then you sell the steps individually and people can kind of pick and choose 
what it is that is applicable to them. Exactly. Awesome. So that gives us a really good understanding of what a funnel is. Can you tell me why this works so much better than just to say a traditional website? Yeah, the best reason is what you find for, honestly, it comes back to the fact that the attention span of people is so short and so small these days that you literally have about seven seconds to basically get their attention. And what happens is when they hit a homepage or a landing page with a ton of different offers or places to go, where they go is off. They just leave. And so what we find for most people is the best thing to do is basically have a front end offer or something like that where they get into your universe. And we've got a whole bunch of different sales funnels. And we actually just came out with our funnel hacker cookbook. And there, you know, it goes through 22 different, different sales funnels, exactly what types of things to use, how to use them and all that kind of stuff. And it's been really kind of fascinating for us as we've kind of taken a look at all the different types of funnels, whether they're buyer funnels or they're event funnels, or if they're lead type of funnels. So the reason people would need click funnels is if they're trying to sell anything online or if they're trying to gather a lead. So that's really kind of what we look at as far as funnels. So take, for example, if you want to do lead funnels, you could have like a squeeze page funnel or a reverse squeeze page funnel where you're just trying to capture that person's information. A lead magnet or something was kind of like what you referred to earlier as far as where you're literally, the funnel exists for no other reason than literally just to give them something for free to capture their name so that you can then continue to market to them. We've seen bridge funnels work really well in the MLM space. Survey funnels are a huge, huge thing these days where it allows people to fill out a survey where they can kind of self-select what they want next. Application funnels for high-end ticket type of offerings is a big deal. An ask campaign where you're asking them questions and, and leading them through kind of its own little type of funnel to where they get down to exactly what it is that they're looking for. I mean, there's those are all sorts of lead funnels. There's a ton of different buyers funnels. If they're having events, whether they're webinar funnels or auto webinar funnels or product launch funnels, I mean, there's, there's literally funnels for anything a business would want to do. And the key for any business is really to identify what am I trying to have happen here? What do I want to take place? If I just need to get a lead, then I use a lead type of a funnel. If I'm trying to sell something, well, then I might end up doing a buyer type of a funnel, whether it's a two-step tripwire funnel, or maybe you're doing a like a video sales letter funnel, or a membership site type of funnel, or the Groupon type of funnels, were what we call you know daily deal type of funnels. I mean, the whole idea is you have such a short period of time, Mikhail, that once they click on an ad or they click on something, they want to know that they're at the right place. And if you can basically take them from the ad to same type of color format and landing page where they feel like they're safe, then they'll continue going down through that funnel. If they hit a home page where there's a ton of different options, they'll bounce around a couple of different places. They don't find exactly what they want, then they're going to leave. The whole key to it is you just have to give it a little more thought as far as what type of relationship you're trying to build with your prospect. And are you trying to sell something? Are you just trying to generate a lead? Are you trying to, to nurture that lead over a longer period of time? I mean, what is the typical sales cycle? I mean, the idea behind having a sales funnel is you have the opportunity literally of getting your very best salesperson in front of them who's never going to make a mistake because it's going to be the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. And that's the whole idea behind sales funnels. So once you are able to tweak it and make it perfect and you do your testing, then you just let it run and it does its work. In theory, yes. In theory. <laughs> Excellent. So if people wanted to learn more about funnels, because it looks like there really is so much to learn, what do you think the best thing is for them to start on? Gosh, we've got a ton of different free content out there, but I really always recommend. The best thing is I recommend Russell's first book, Expert Secrets, and second book, Dotcom Secrets. Again, we call it the black box where you get both of them together. But you can go to expertsecrets.com or dotcomsecrets.com and get either one of those or both of them together. 
Excellent. I'll make sure I put the links for those in expatmoneyshow.com under Dave's episode and all the links will be there for that. After listening to this episode, if people wanted to make a couple of tweaks to their website to make it more funnel-like, you could say, what could they do today? First thing is I'd get rid of the website and I'd actually create a sales funnel. So start from scratch. Yeah, you have to understand what it is you're really trying to do. I see this happen too many times. It's like when you go to a networking event and you see that guy is bouncing from person to person, literally trying to pollinate everybody with his business card and hoping that someone's gonna call him back. I mean, that's just not how business is done. Business is based on relationships. And so the best way of developing relationships is by having logical sequences that are emotionally driven to help people accomplish what it is they truly want to do. And the reason people go online is they're usually trying to solve a problem. So you need to make sure that whatever problem your product or service solves, the people know about it. And the best way for them to know about it is to have a sales funnel where it walks them through and basically gives those types of solutions to them. So that's, instead of a website, I'd say you gotta start from scratch and really build a sales funnel. Excellent, so lots to think about there. So I wanna change gears a little bit. Can you tell me some of the challenges that you guys have had while building out ClickFunnels? Because to go from basically zero to the fastest growing company in the world, fastest growing SaaS company in the world, there must have been some hurdles that you guys had to overcome. <laughs> the first hurdle is our first funnels didn't work. <laughs> and that's what I want to make sure everyone understands is that most of the time your first funnels aren't going to work. So for us, you know, we thought we were going to do this great beta launch out to a lot of our JV partners. They were going to promote. Everybody was going to buy. We we're going to have 10,000 customers in the first week. Didn't happen that way. In fact, we got none. <laughs> it just totally crashed. Didn't work at all. And so we thought, gosh, what if we give away this? Or what if we do this? And so we did about four or five different funnels. And the funnel that worked best for us was a webinar funnel. Again, three and a half years ago when we started this company, sales funnels was a, it still isn't that well known, but back then people had no idea what a sales funnel was. And the whole idea, everything was you know website-based or website-driven. So for us to help educate, the best way of educating people for us was by going through a webinar. And so it was about a 90-minute webinar with Russell explaining what sales funnels were, how they worked in your business, giving examples of different businesses that it's worked in, and how ClickFunnels could actually end up solving all the pain and the headache that most of us run across. Back then, what would happen is if we wanted to create a sales funnel, even, even if you want to take a website and create it into a sales funnel, first of all, you had to pay you know, $15,000 to $20,000 to get someone to write your sales copy. You then had to go in a studio and, and film the videos. You then had to have the videos edited. You then had to have someone actually take the images. And even though those were images you wanted on your page, you couldn't just paste them on your page. So you actually had to send them to graphic designer. The graphic designer had to format them. And then someone would actually then go in in the website and would have to actually cut the website down in chunks and pieces and put it in the right places and then move the buttons in it would take us literally months to get a sales funnel built. And we're like, what happened to us? Actually, we had a supplement we were trying to sell and we had a warehouse full of supplements and we could not get the sales funnel built fast enough. And we all we were doing is just burning cash and thought there's gotta be some way of being able to do this ourselves without having to rely so heavily on all these other developers to get back to us. And so now basically that was kind of the, the genesis of ClickFunnels was the whole idea to be able to have a drag and drop editor where you literally could move things around, you could change it on the fly. You weren't relying, your hand, you just weren't handcuffed to a developer just hoping they were gonna understand all the videos and all the things you sent to them in an effort to explain to them. And if you wanted to change something, it had to go back and forth. And it became so cumbersome that you couldn't build a business fast enough, at not at the speed that these days you have to be able to tweak and change things. 
And so for us, that's how we ended up starting ClickFunnels. And then our biggest hurdles was basically just trying to find the right funnel to get things to work. And for us, it was the webinar funnel. So if someone were to sign up for ClickFunnels, do they also need to sign up for other services? Or do you guys basically provide everything? With ClickFunnels, they're going to have everything they need to get started. They really don't need anything else. So there's two different products. We have ClickFunnels, and then it's a 14-day free trial. You get the upgraded version of ClickFunnels as well, which is Actionetics which allows you to have the opportunity of communicating with your customers through email and through other types of autoresponders and things. Those are the two pieces you're going to have to have. And fortunately, inside of ClickFunnels, we have both those built in. It also has a shopping cart built into it, so you don't need to go out and worry about adding Shopify or other things to get a shopping cart. So whether you want to sell something or you want to generate a lead, ClickFunnels is built to do all that inside the one platform. I'm on my about seventh business, I think. But when I built my travel agency, I literally started from scratch. I hired a developer <laughs> who built my website in WordPress and programmed everything, everything from scratch. And so still today, it's, it's a successful business and it does very well for me. But if I need anything changed, I have to go back to my developer, which just frustrates oh, yeah. me. Now, he's a nice guy and I like him very much and, and he's done very well through me. But... I bet yes. You know, years <laughs> on, like even if I need small things changed, if I need a picture put in a different place, I don't have the skills to do that. And I don't have the time to learn programming from scratch. I think that's how I actually got involved or started using ClickFunnels in the first place. Because when I started another business, I needed something that was going to take care of these things for me. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So what are some of your goals with ClickFunnels and you yourself as a digital marketer, Dave? So our goal for ClickFunnels is to get to 100,000 customers that we can service and help build their businesses this year. We're also looking, trying to, to break through 1,000 people to have reached a million dollars inside of a sales funnel. Those are our, our primary focuses inside of the, the platform itself. Personally, for me, it's always about continuing to stay on top of what's going on in the digital marketing space. It's an always changing forefront, uh, everything from traffic to the industry as a whole, to the different ways people market. And so for me, it's always just a matter of doing things that I can find ways of learning and growing and improving. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break. So if you guys haven't joined Expat Money Forum yet, then I don't know what I need to do to get you guys to go on this. The conversations in this forum are just unbelievable. The networking is fantastic. There's so much things being shared with the group that honestly, it's more than just me. It's more than just this podcast. It has grown to a life of its own. We have over 2,000 people in our private group discussing things like immigration, asset protection, travel, food, culture, history, everything about being an expat and going overseas. There's tons of work being done on Plan B residencies, on different passports. We're even talking about SIM cards, international SIM cards, and the best places to get your internet if you're a digital nomad and you're traveling around the world. There are so many things that are being shared by people who are actually in different countries, who are digital nomads, who are expats, who have gone offshore, and there's just so much there. So I'm really excited about it. I hope you can see that I'm really thrilled about this group because it's just more than I ever expected. And, and a massive shout out to you if you are part of the group and you are contributing and helping other people who are looking to get where you are. You are an awesome person. I really, really appreciate it. So if you guys want to get involved, if you want to join the conversation, then go to expatmoneyforum.com or on Facebook directly, you can search for Expat Money Forum. You'll find us there. We should come up on the very first page. And yeah, join the group, join the conversation. Lots happening there. Okay, let's jump back into today's interview. 
podcast is doing very well. I saw that you hit front page on iTunes, top 10 business podcasts in the world. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We basically tried to highlight our biggest success stories. So they were given tips and tricks of what they've done to, to be successful. And in addition to that, we try to provide other resources as far as other products or services that might be of value to people. So it's been a, it's been a fun podcast. No, I've loved it. I've listened to, I would say about 30 episodes. I watch them on YouTube. So it's a nice way I can put it on and listen to the full episode on there. So you don't just need to get it through iTunes. There's actually different platforms you can get it. Well, you'll be glad to know we actually are changing it to a video podcast starting next month. So you actually will see the guest I'm interviewing next month. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. So are you going to do a bit of a live format or is it still going to be recorded and edited? It'll still be live. So it'll be live format. It'll be somewhat edited. What'll happen is we'll do it live inside of our Facebook group or take that video, cut it down so we can use part of it as an audio inside of iTunes and then add a different bumper for YouTube. But we'll do them live inside of our Facebook group and then the recordings will be put into YouTube. Wow. So what made you decide you wanted to switch things up that way and do video podcast opposed to the traditional audio podcast? Oh man, that's a... How much time do we have here? I'll see. I'll go real fast. (laughs) So when you start looking at traffic... I'm a huge believer in the fact you get really good at one source first. So for us, at first it was email and then it became Facebook. And then what you end up doing is instead of developing multiple streams of income by starting a new business, what we ended up doing is taking a percentage of that income and starting multiple streams of revenue with different platforms. So we now are taking multiple streams. So basically taking that our advertising dollars, even though they're not profitable for us right now, we're putting those into Instagram and we're putting them into YouTube. And so as we started putting them into YouTube, what we've realized is YouTube, in fact, all social media platforms are completely unique and content has to be created for each specific platform. You really can't multi-purpose the same content and paste it into every place and get the type of result that you wanted. So for us, as we were taking a look, you know, we have millions of views, but, you know, less than 50,000 subscribers. And part of the reason for that is because my podcast and Russell's podcast, his is marketingsecrets.com, at the time were just audios. And when a person's on YouTube, most of the time they want to feel like there's some engaging thing going versus just a blank screen and a little audio bar that goes up and down across the bottom. And so as we started looking at it, what we realized is we can do the same content, but we have to find a way of making it more engaging. And so what we decided to do then is I'll do my interviews, we'll do them live inside of our Facebook group with video, try to get some feedback from the people who are in the Facebook group, take those comments, use those comments as different text and and fodder basically for the YouTube channel, then strip the audio, put the audio onto iTunes and Stitcher and and other places through Lipson. We then will take the video and our thumbnail on the video will be much different than the thumbnail on the audio. The thumbnail on the video will be, hey, you know, welcome back to Funnel Hacker Radio, or in fact, it won't be something like that, it'll basically be Hey, I was just talking with Mikhail, and you guys are going to love everything he talked about at the Expat Show. And if you don't mind, go ahead and subscribe here and ring the bell. You get the notifications of my next episode. So something super quick, getting people to subscribe and ring the bell for notifications will help us grow that channel. And then it'll jump right into about a 10 to 15 second intro and then jump right into the actual interview of me and whoever I'm interviewing. So you're able to repurpose the content, but still make it uh, follow the rules of those particular social media sites. Yeah, so we actually will end up, I'll record a new intro and a new outro for each one of the YouTube channels. Our tech guys basically will put that on the video, and then we'll do another intro and an outro for the audio, which will be put onto iTunes. And then the transcript itself is taken and edited down and is put onto the blog. Awesome. So 
What do you think are hot these days with social media? Do you think any changes are going to be coming? Any new platforms, new social media that is going to be moving to the forefront? Oh, gosh. The answer is always yes to that question. No matter where we are, it's always changing. Uh, Facebook has just gone through and totally changed their algorithm just recently. It's becoming much more relationship-based. You're going to see fewer and fewer ads in your feed. So therefore, those people who are at are advertising are going to have to make those ads much more relationship-based and really be able to connect and feel as if it's supposed to be a part of a person's feed. We're seeing, obviously, video. Video and audio are the two main things you're going to find, especially the more we get involved as far as into the Internet of Things and how it actually is just literally becomes a part of our life. You made mention as far as you listen to my podcast, actually, on video through YouTube when you're just sitting there watching and you're doing other things. Same thing happens. I mean, most most audio podcasts are listened to when a person's doing something else. It's rare that a person sits down and says, I'm going to sit and focus on this podcast. And so it's background type of stuff. And because of that, you take a look at everything that's coming out as far as all the voice recognition things where you basically say a command and no matter what device you're talking to, it basically responds and gives you back whatever you're looking for. And so now you're shaving or in the bathroom, whatever else, and basically reach out to Amazon Echo or whatever device you might have and say, hey, you know, Siri, play this for me. And they now will play that audio. So you can see a lot of audio consumed in a ton of different places. So we're spending a lot of time on audio. Obviously, video is huge. Um, the great thing about video is unlike audio um, on an iTunes or a podcast or something like that, it typically has a very a limited life cycle. Sure, there's people who will go on, they'll actually get into your channel, they'll binge through a whole bunch of episodes. The great thing about YouTube is it's there forever and it just continues. It, the long tail of video is 10 to 50 times greater than it is on audio. And so that's, again, one of the other reasons why we're spending a lot of time going towards video as well. And I read also recently that Facebook is actually doing minute for minute more video this year than YouTube itself. I haven't read that stat, but it would not surprise me. There's a ton of video, a ton of video on Facebook. Yeah, they're putting in a lot of work into their video platform and really trying to be a major player with video on Facebook. Which it should. I mean, as, as we were talking, I was a little late to this podcast interview today because I was just finished up a Facebook Live. So, I mean, it's and that's a video. And you're going to find most people, there's a lot of people communicate through Facebook, through video. So I think that's smart from them for sure. Excellent. So tell me a couple of the skills that have really helped you to become successful in digital marketing. Yeah, this is going to sound really weird, but I think the skill that's helped me the most is understanding the importance of relationships. I know a lot of times people think of digital marketing as your way to escape people. Um, for me, my greatest success has come by really being as much of a people person as I could be and connecting with people. I look at the the business and the people I work with these days are people who I've known in this space for years. And I attend a lot of conferences and meet a lot of people at those conferences. And even though there's, yes, there's a lot you can do online and it's digital, you're still an entrepreneur. You're still a business owner. You're still working. You're still selling to people. It's still a relationship business. And I'm a huge believer in you just never want to burn a bridge and you want to do everything you possibly can to build relationships and treasure those relationships. The relationships and people are what I think is the most important thing to digital marketing. So always bringing things back to the core, building relationships, communicating with people and really making a connection with someone. Again, same reason you do your podcast, I'm assuming, Miguel, is for you to be able to relate to people, communicate with people, provide value to people. 
realize there's someone on the other end who's listening to this and, and hopefully they're getting some value out of it. Absolutely. Definitely. So what do you think some of the things that are going to be applicable in the future, say 10 years out, 15 years out, that people might, might want to focus on learning? One of the most important things I think in the future is going to be the impact of stories. It's fascinating to me as I take a look at, at the impact of stories throughout history. The only thing that changes is the medium in which those stories are told. Things are sold through stories. Uh, you take a look at cultures and how they're built. And the more artificial intelligence that exists, the more of an impact stories will actually have. It's one of the main things AI is trying to understand and learn is, is the dynamic of, of how stories are communicated, how people relate to stories, how, how a story is able to initiate and to build emotion and how that emotion then causes someone to actually create or to do something. And so for me, it's one of the main things I'm spending a lot of my time on right now is trying to become a better storyteller. I try to do at least a Facebook Live a day, really for no other reason than to become a better storyteller, to learn how to communicate more effectively. I think as, as you take a look at all the artificial intelligence and the robotics and everything else that's coming in, the most important thing still is the only thing, the mundane types of of jobs and everything else, they'll always be replaced. They always have been. That's one of the first things that goes through automation. The one part that doesn't is the creativity, the ability to to create and to tell stories is one of the things I think 10, 20 years from now, the only thing that, that moves people is vision and how you can actually get a person to move through stories. I love it because I agree with you 100%. With automation, with AI, with robotics, so many of these things are just going to change the landscape in the future. But one of the things that they'll never be able to take away is that ability to be creative and to make those connections and tell those stories, as you said. I agree. So Dave, I want to switch things up a little bit. What is your opinion about formal education for people who want to build a business, people who want to be an entrepreneur? What do you think about university, about college, about formal education? You're really going to go there on this one, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, let me give a caveat. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology and a lot of postgraduate work that I don't do anything with at the same time. So I've got four boys and I have this conversation, it seems like, on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I think. Did I touch a nerve with this one, Dave? Oh, it's no, it's it's quite humorous. Actually, it's been a lot of fun in our house. So I've got a 22 year old son, a 20 year old son, a 16 and 14 year old. And my 22 year old son was in it was in college at Brigham Young University and said, you know, dad, I just he had worked for me. He's been around me. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. It's the only thing he's seen me do. And he's like, dad, I just I just don't like school. And I'm like, Chandler, you got to stay and you got to keep doing this. And he goes, why? I'm like, Chandler, because Part of it is you go through school for the ability to say you completed something. So you can, and again, you develop friendships, relationships. And he's like, dad, I just don't like the people I'm working with. I'd rather be doing other things. I said, all right, here's the deal then. If you can make more than your professor, then you can quit. And so that was the goal. He did that and he quit in December. So that's amazing. That's fantastic. And the only hard part about that is I then had my third son, who was a junior in high school say, well, dad, if I can make more than my high school professor, can I drop out of high school? And I'm like, no, you don't have that option. No, I think honestly, Mikhail, the it's really a fascinating conversation. This is literally something, if it doesn't come up once a week in our office, I'd be amazed. Um, you know, we're a team of over 150 employees. And when we start looking at hiring, it's one of the things we always look at as far as how important is education for us, even as a SaaS company, uh, when we're looking at hiring developers, I could care less if they have a degree, <laughs> our co-founder Todd is a basically self-taught Ruby on Rails developer and just an amazing developer. And I honestly, I look at 
it's the skill set that you bring. It's what you can do. The paper itself doesn't mean much to me anymore. The most important thing for me, though, is you'd better learn to love to learn. And if you don't learn to love to learn, then you stay in school until you do. You have to get to that point to understand that the only way you will ever be successful long term in this business world is you have to always be innovating. And the only way you can innovate is by being creative and by learning, and being exposed to a whole bunch of different things. And if you if you get to the point where you don't like learning, that's the biggest problem. The formal aspect of it, Mikhail, whether it comes through a college or not, I mean, we're seeing so many changes in education, whether it's homeschooling or a whole bunch of different remote types of things. I mean, I've got a lot of people I know who really have a college degree but never went to college, and they did everything basically from a computer someplace else. We're going to see the same thing happen as a lot of this technology hits a lot of these third world countries where the internet provides so much opportunity for a person to get a formal education without an actual piece of paper that I think the key to it is you just have to develop the skills to learn, to love, to learn. It's Again, it comes back to you got to learn to read. you got to learn to be able to consume content. you got to be able to, to take that content and once you've consumed it, to be able to logically and systematically provide a way that other people can understand it and be able to help people take action on the, on the things you want to have happen. I love it. I couldn't agree with you more there, Dave. That's fantastic. So what are some of the books that have influenced you or some of the courses or some of the ways that you have stayed hungry to learn? What has influenced you? Oh my gosh. I consume a lot of content, but I'm also a huge believer in the fact that it's more important about immersion than it is consumption. I look at if there's a topic I want to learn, I want to immerse myself in it. I want to go deep. I want to learn it and really master it. Versus, you know, I got a lot of guys I know who actually, no, I read a, I read a book a day for a year. I'm like, great. Do you, did you implement any of it? If you're not implementing what you're learning, you're not learning it. You're just consuming it. And so for me, I read a lot of books. I consume a lot of content. I was talking to one of my sons today about a book called The Obstacle is the Way about stoicism. Uh, Ryan Holiday, isn't it? It is. It's Ryan's book. Yeah. And Ryan does an amazing job. I think the fun part for me as far as being exposed to that type of content was, you know, he's going through it struggle with trial in his life as far as some of the obstacles that he's faced. And he's like, gosh, you know, it just doesn't seem fair. And I'm like, life isn't fair. That's not the key. It's how you approach it and understand that the obstacles put there for a reason. And it's, it's always nice when you have other people who can support your own opinions or, or personality or things of, of that sort. And so I had the opportunity of recommending that to him. Gosh, was with Peter Diamandis not too long ago at Genius Network and, and love his work as far as abundance and a great book there as far as the future and everything else that's going on. Rework is a book that we've used in our office quite a bit when we were setting things up as far as having a remote staff of over 150 employees. We have less than you know 25 or 30 that actually work in our office, including one of our partners and our other founder. Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, is great for people who get distracted and everything else and have so much going on as far as really the ability to focus. Also huge believer as far as reading scriptures on a daily basis. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormons. I read the Book of Mormon. I read my Bible. I love putting positive thoughts into my head on a regular basis. I think the, the key is just how you start your day for me is I always want to put a whole bunch of positive energy in there because I know I'm going to be dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's work or life, that's just going to come at me. And I try to start my day off by putting a whole bunch of positive stuff in. Fantastic. I have watched some of the, I don't know if they were Facebook Lives or videos that you guys have done. And walking through your office and seeing the library that you guys have at (laughs) ClickFunnels HQ. And it made me jealous. Like, I I have a very extensive library at my house. And I looked at you guys and I was like, wow, that is a lot of books. And and all so specific and such fantastic titles. So I'm so thrilled to be able to talk books with you, Dave. 
You know, I wish we had all of them. When we moved to this office, that's about a fourth of what we used to have. Uh, wow. We actually took all of them that were <laughs> CDs and everything else, had them digitized. And so I wish we had more. Everyone in our office, we're huge advocates of reading. And you have to invest in yourself. Again, we've talked about, as far as other books, as far as dot-com secrets, expert secrets, by far, I think I've loved reading those. I have my kids read those books as well, just because of the ability to understand expert secrets is all about telling stories. And we've talked about that topic already. But again, you have to invest in yourself. And it goes back to, you got to learn to love to learn. Definitely. That's one of the biggest things I believe in, Dave. So you just hit the nail on the head there. So Dave, I assume you're going to be at Funnel Hacker Live this year? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I'm going to see you there. So say that we're at Funnel Hacker Live and we go out to Starbucks or something and we're having a coffee and I lean in and I'm like, Dave, what's that million dollar secret? What's that one million dollar secret that if you told me and I told anyone else in the world, you'd have to kill me? What's that one secret, Dave, to success? Oh my gosh. I hate that question because... <laughs> It's just not one. It's my it's favorite like, question, Dave. It's oh, my favorite I hate, question. I know, Mikhail, but I look at it, I'm like, really? One? Boil it down. Come on, Dave. Hit me with something powerful here. It, well, the problem is it's going to sound just so trite and bland, like, oh, of course. But honestly, I, for me, I think the primary secret of success is you just never give up. I mean, there's just, I hate to say it as, as boring as that might sound. I know you're looking for this, you know, go up to the top of the mountain and talk to the guru type of whiz bang answer. But honestly, for me, it's become the most important thing I've seen in my own life. I've seen the lives of successful entrepreneurs is you're going to get, you're going to face a ton of crap in life. It's just how life works. And those who succeed are those who just keep going. You just, I'm such a huge believer. I mean, I was watching the Olympics last night and Sean White's story is just an amazing story to me. It's just a tearjerker when you sit there and see a guy, you know, is on top of the top of the game and everything else, you know, basically this Tony Hawk prodigy in his, in his youth and won the Olympics in 2006, 2010, takes fourth place, you know, 2014. And then really is the point where he's like, should I just give it up? And then comes in basically last night and has the run of his life and basically walks away with the gold. And the part that was most touching to me as I'm sitting there watching him is if you could see the emotion in his face, it wasn't just because he won the gold. I mean, as cool as that is, he'd already won that. He'd won it twice before the tears and the emotion and everything else was because of the journey that he went on. It was the epiphany that he had. It was the life experience over the last four years. It was his trip to New Zealand back in November at 62 stitches. And he's sitting there going, how in the world am I going to do this? I got the Olympics right around the corner. How can I come back from this type of an injury? It's those type of people that I, I look at in life. And I'm like, you know what? That's why I hate when I talk to people and they say, oh, you just got so lucky. I'm like, you're right. In three and a half years, we built a huge business, but that's a 12 year <laughs> overnight success. And my own personal life has been a 20 year overnight success. And I think so for me, the magic secret bullet, silver bullet, whatever you want to call it is you just never, ever, ever give up. You just keep going. Brilliant. I love it. So always bringing things back to the fundamentals, continual learning, never give up always working hard, striving, and going forwards. Absolutely words to live by. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Dave, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. If the listeners want to get a hold of you, if they want to reach out, where should they go? Uh, ClickFunnels.com is always the easiest place to find out more about us. You can always connect with me on Facebook. Just private message me. I'm out there usually. Excellent. Thanks so much for your time, Dave, and we'll talk soon, okay? Thanks. 
Hey everyone, Mikkel here. I want to remind you that if you go to expatmoneyshow.com, you're going to be able to download our special report. It's called 19 International Strategies to Grow and Protect Your Wealth Abroad. It has been a project of mine I have been working on for maybe four years now, and I constantly update this with the newest and best strategies. Now, it's really different than a lot of other special reports or books out there because this one is really short, and it is short on purpose. What I want to do is kind of highlight to you the best of the best strategies that are out there in the world and then where you can go for additional information or how you can get involved in these things. So instead of writing a 500-page special report on this, which probably chances are no one is going to read it, this is really highly condensed information. I've actually put it in an infographic. It's an infographic special report. Uh, it has helped thousands upon thousands of people really get a grasp of being an expat and what type of things are out there to protect your assets, professionals that you should be working with, investments, real estate, these types of things. So it's called 19 International Strategies to Grow and Protect Your Wealth Abroad. You can pick it up at expatmoneyshow.com. You'll see it. It's on the very first page at the very top. All you need to do is put in your name and email address. You're going to get a chance to actually join my private email list, EMS Pulse. And there's just so much great things that are shared on there. It's completely free. There's no funnel. There's no trick to this. There's no credit card needed, anything like that. It's just a good resource for you, my listener, who I love and adore. And I want to do right by you guys. So go to expatmoneyshow.com, pick this up. Let me know what you think. I'll talk to you soon. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.